how to find your tribe and build your leadership team all coming up on today's podcast. Hi, I'm Kayla Swanson and I'm your host of the Profitable Slaughter podcast and hanging out with me today is Jason Everett. What's up, Jason? What's up, Kayla? Glad to be back hanging out with you and talking about tribes today. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's important. It's important. I mean, if you have a family, if you have a, you have anything in your life, you know that having important people in your life is very important. And when you run a business, it's even more important to know why you have those people and how you get those people and then how to build relationships so that when you put people in the place of be your leadership team, they actually take that ownership and you don't end up just doing the job over yeah. again. So I'm excited about today's topic to talk about that because I know it's an important topic for anybody who's running the salon out there, no matter how big you are, to find people who can support you run your business, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people talk about like, you know, success comes from hard work. And I would say success comes from doing the hard things to build a team. Um, mm. You know, if you look at it, uh, the people who've built amazing teams are the ones who are the highest likelihood of success. Uh, if you, especially if you look at like Silicon Valley or something like that, um, the people who run those companies very often don't do the actual day-to-day operations. They literally build teams of people and they are incompetent at most of the things inside their business. But they're really competent in is finding amazing people, cultivating amazing people and getting out of the way. That's important. That last part, getting out <laughs> and, of the and way. And I'll tell you, it's like, it is a kiss of death. Like if, if you're listening to me on this and you've built your business, your salon from scratch, the problem is, is that it was probably built on your back, especially when you're the producer, right? Salon owners get stuck in this mode because most salon owners and in our academy, 95% of our salon owners are hands-on stylists. This is me with shears, by the way. Great. <laughs> nice. They're hands-on stylists. Like they cut hair and turned into salon owners. There is three to 5% of our owners that like, they don't know how to cut hair and they just built a salon company, but that's not normally how it works. So the problem is, is that your production is the first part of your business. So it's built on your effort, your work, your effort, everything that you do builds up your business. And the problem with that is, is that then extracting you from the business is almost impossible. Now, for me, I was a coach. So I was like one-on-one coach where I would train and coach and consult with people for, you know, now it's been almost six, 16 plus years, is that cool. I did so much coaching with people. And then as soon as I like started bringing out other coaches, I still just want to jump back in and coach all the time because that's what I was really good at. And the issue yeah. is, if you're really good at coaching and you're not really good at hiring or trusting or managing or whatever, you'll default to the last thing you were successful at. So a lot of people are like, I could never get out from behind the chair. And the chair becomes like this kiss of death for them because they're like, they're like, well, I love my clients. I love all these things. I like, I know, but you've got to go from serving as many guests as you can to as many guests as your salon can. Like it's a graduated step to do that. And then you have to deal with all the mental hiccups, hangups, challenges, and issues with becoming that new leader. I think it's hard to think about that. Like you were saying, like when you are so used to doing it all and you know how it gets done and you want to keep progressing, like, well, I'll just do it. And like, well, and you're really freaking good. Imagine an Olympian saying like, I'm going to outsource my next gold medal. Like they're not going to do it because they're like, I'm effing amazing. And they're like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to let somebody else do this job. Hell no. I'm still cutting Sally Joe's hair. Like it just, yeah. You know what I mean? And I think when you when you are hiring and you have stylists and then they come and go and you're like, well, they're not consistent. They're not going to be here. And you start to get like to a place where, well, how am I going to find people when people come and go? And like, how do I find people who I can trust with my business? Like businesses become your baby. Like, how do you start to find those people you trust? Oh, man, this just came up yesterday at a meeting uh, internally. <laughs> As we said, we really need to hire somebody. And somebody brought up this idea of 
we need to hire somebody part-time to do this job. And I'm like, we can't hire somebody part-time to do this job because uh, this part-time person, typically part-time people are more transient, meaning like, I'll have the job for like three or four months and move out. And I'm like, this job is way too important for a client-facing job. Like if it's the person at the front desk and like that cycles through all the time, maybe I still think that's a pretty important job. Like my favorite title for like a front desk or sales desk is director of first impressions. I don't know if you've ever heard that job title before, but like director of first impressions. And I bring that up because if you're the director of first impressions, like you're, you are the face of the salon, like walking through the door. So if you've got like every time you go to the salon, there's a new person there. Cause think about it. If you have a new person, at the front desk and we, we call that the sales desk, right? But if you have a, a new person there every three months, like if I go in and get my hair cut once a month, I'm going to see that person two or three times and then I get another person. So I don't really have an opportunity to build a relationship with the salon. It's only the stylist that I would potentially see over and over and over again or the barber, right? And so I was just talking about this is like, hey, that job has got to be somebody who's passionate. And we actually were talking about how do we move somebody over that we know is a lifer on our team that is really good at that and train them up on how to do that part of the job because we want somebody with a heavier level of commitment. And I think this is what happens is people are like, well, hey, not only how do I find somebody, but how do I find somebody that I'm going to trust to be a leader and stay with me long term? Because that's who you want. You want that really heavily committed to the mission person to be in a position of leadership. Otherwise, you're going to continue to spit out other non-enthusiastic short-term employees. You want the people who are diehards that like, the, the, the phrase would be, they would fall on the sword. I don't know, it's a weird term, but like they'd fall <laughs> on the sword. Like I would die for this company. Like, and that's the yeah. reality. It's like my livelihood relies on this business. Like that, that's part of it. I mean, not all of it, but like a big part of it relies on this. And and as I employ everybody on this team, yourself included and the rest of our crew, like I know that like the way you feed yourself and your family and everybody else on the team does the same for their family is from this business. And could they get another job? Of course. But like if you're like, no, 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 like this is the job that I'm committing to my time in and I'm going to be here. We usually can tell somebody who just does the job because it's a job or does the job because it's the job. And yeah. And if you can find the people that are the this is the job people, that's who you start to put into leadership because what will start to happen is those people, even though they're not exactly you, they will make wise decisions for the company if you can teach them what the priorities are and how to actually function. And they'll make good decisions, even though they wouldn't be exactly like yours. And we'll get into that as part of the podcast, I'm sure too. Even if it's not exactly uh, your decision, they're still beneficial decisions for the business. Huge. I think it goes back to, you're talking about like finding people who are committed to the business Mm. and like it's, you don't, so I think it's also getting clear when you go to hire, like you need to know what your business is and what you like treat your business. Like you're trying to create a home for people to, to see your business and be like, yeah, that's long-term. So before you even bring those people in, is your business a place where somebody can look at it and be like, yeah, that's my long-term home or a place where I can live longevity. And so building that into it. So Kayla, you'll, you'll appreciate this because, um, you know, you run our profitable salon on our uh, Facebook group, right? And I saw a post that went bananas yesterday. I don't know if you've, you've, I'm sure you've seen it, but like the post that went bananas, it was something like, you know, uh, I've, I've had a job ad out. I was reading through the comments and one of the comments said, I've had a job ad out for the last 12 years and nobody's applied to the job post, but I finally changed it and somebody applied and I was like, Oh, sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> and like, I, I love, I love sometimes when I read these comments, but I'm like, if you've had the same job post up for 12 years and nobody applied, you might've wanted to change it before 12 <laughs> years, like point number one. So I'm sorry if that's you and you're watching this podcast, 
I'm shaming you a little. I didn't mention your name. But I, I just said, I've done dumber things, if it makes you feel better. I've done dumber things. But it was just, you know, it's very easy to see somebody else's flaws instead of your own. Um, and the reason why I just, I say that Kayla, is it like what I wanted to say, like what my heart was bleeding for that person is I was like, listen, you're just saying you've got a space to work. Like it, the, the post literally was just like, come and work for me. I have a salon and a chair for you to work out of. Come on. And then I was watching the comments and I, I hate to just bash this post, but like I was watching the comments and people were like, that's why I just switched over to booth rental. Cause it's just easier to say, you know, here I have a space. And I don't know why they sound like Velma from the Simpsons, <laughs> yeah. but, but like <laughs> it's lazy. It's lazy. And so if you're listening to this podcast, I know you're not lazy because you're taking time to learn about this. Like you said, this subject is something I need to own. All those people who commented on that post and said, I'm just going to be a booth. I'm just going to say it's all rental and not worry about it. Is there effing lazy? Like they're just like, ah, I tried one job post and it didn't work. So I think that's it. And I'm like, well, look, I mean, this is going to sound really hard. Love punch in the face. You don't deserve to have team members when you're that lazy. Like if your idea of recruiting is I'm going to put up one post and like, we'll see if it ever happens. Why would I ever expect that you would train me or help me or support, support me, support me, support me <laughs> to, to do all the things that I need to do to become successful. Versus if you're constantly changing up your ad and working on it and refining it and making it better and doing all the things you need to do and saying like, Hey, I'm going to help train you and become a better person, whatever. Like I need to prove to anybody who wants to work for me. Like if I put out a job ad, it should scream everything about our company that makes it amazing. And if your job ad just says, I got a place to work, they know everything they need to know about you. And that's why they don't apply for a job. So yeah. your job is to showcase how amazing your company is. And I don't know if you remember way back to when you read the job description for this company, Kayla. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But in general, what I hear from people is they're like, uh, well, oh, actually, you were a referral, so it didn't count that way, right? But, but my point is most people who apply to a job post for us will say, man, I was reading through this and you sound unlike any other company I've ever interviewed for. And I'm like, yeah. bam, got you. Like, and I don't mean like, oh, great. They're going to be perfect no matter what. I just mean that even the wrong people realize that we're an incredible place to work. And like as an yeah. owner, as a leader, if you want to attract people who are going to stay with you a long time, you have to stand out. You are not McDonald's. You're not Starbucks. You're not Home Depot. Like be an incredible business that takes care of people and grows them into leaders and be an incredible leader. Invest in your own leadership and development. Get coaching. Get support. Participate in every leadership conference you can possibly get your hands on. And Help your leaders do the same thing. Like I want to develop mm -hmm. leaders into being incredible human beings because I know how bad I was. I was a terrible leader. I, and, and my 10-year forward version of myself is going to say, I'm a terrible leader right now by compared to who I will be in 10 years. I love that. And I want to like make sure the point is like not only write a post that says that you're amazing, but also give the heart and soul to look at your business. And do you have a, an amazing place to work? Don't tell them you're amazing. <laughs> Show them you're amazing. This is really important exactly. because... To exactly your point, Kayla, you can't just say, by the way, we're amazing and totally unique and different and special. That's not what our post says. Our post doesn't say we're so special. You should come work for us. That's arrogant. What it says is, here's who we want. Here's who we don't want. Here's where we're going. And that's what stands out to people is we're so crystal clear on it. Like I was talking to another uh, person on our team yesterday, we we're talking about code of honor. And she said, the reason why I wanted to work for you is you guys had this thing called a code of honor. It was a set of rules that everybody agreed to live by. And she, I had never even heard of that before. And that just sounded like an incredible place to work. People who actually have rules and follow them. 
Yeah. For and sure. I was like, that's, that'll help you stand out. Everybody in our academy, first thing they do, build a code of honor to stand out in the marketplace and said, we're going to hold ourselves to a higher standard than everybody else. Yeah. Right. For sure. Because you have like, I mean, you, you're you competing with all the salons down the street, right? And so right. you're building a job ad that is you're wanting to attract people. And so how are you different? How do you stand out? You can't look at the other job ads and be like, you have to stand out from them. And people have been, maybe they've been burned from work or maybe they're booth renter wanting to come to commission. And so they're having, right. they have past experiences. So you can speak into those experiences and be like, if this is your experience or like you want to be a golden light of like, hey, I know you like, this is what is happening here. Come work with us because you'll have a better life. And so people right. will apply because they're like, I want something better. Even if they have a job right now, they're not going to apply for your job and, unless they see that, oh, this is something better. I'm going to go so, for it. So let's say you are looking for that leader, right? You're looking for that leader and you're like, how do I find that leader and recruit that leader? Well, if, if you know that, and like we're talking about it right now, Caleb, if you know you're looking for a leader and say, hey, are you sick and tired of working for somebody who just like puts you in your chair and says, have a nice life? Are you looking for somebody to help guide you to become the leader you've always wanted to be? Do you have dreams of owning a salon one day, running a salon one day, and having an incredible team of people that loves to work with you, that will not only listen to what you say because of who you are, but because of how you help them grow? We'd love to talk to you about a leadership opportunity that's recently opened inside of our salon as we continue to grow and expand, right? Like, that's the type of job post you want to have. Not like currently looking for salon manager. Must be available on Tuesdays. Um, must have prior management experience and um, be willing to deal with a-holes that don't want to work. Like, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like you have to like yeah. inspire Different. them to step up and to step into that opportunity. And by the way, don't ever say like recently our manager quit and we're looking for a new leader. It should always be we are, we are growing. Like we are growing. And even by the way, just so you guys all kind of like, because you have head trash about that, I would imagine. Even if you lose somebody, that's called a growing pain. So mm -hmm. don't feel weird about saying like, well, if I'm not growing. We were shrinking. It's a growing pain when you take a step backwards to go forward. Still growing. I'm giving you full permission to say when a manager leaves or somebody leaves, that's called growth because you are growing as a business owner. So yeah. always use that like we're growing, we're expanding, we're moving forward and like use that positive forward thinking language. And by the way, if you're not a positive forward thinking person, you're going to have to clean that up before you attract the right leaders because you cannot attract a leader if you are a poor leader, right? Um, a poor leader will attract a lot of followers. A exceptional, an exceptional leader will attract other leaders. So this is the difference. You can be a leader of followers, no big deal. But to be a leader of leaders, and that's what I'm talking about right now, to become a true leader of leaders requires you leveling yourself up and becoming a better leader. Like I pay thousands of dollars a month to take leadership classes and trainings and go to programs and do whatever, like myself. And people are like, well, Jason, you've been doing that for 16 years. When are you gonna stop doing that? I'm like, I am not. I actually increase it every single year by more spend and more money because not only are my coaches getting uh, higher level, my level of leadership is becoming more uh, prolific and uh, higher in. And so it's just there's fewer and fewer people. So the rate continues to go up. And I don't say that to brag. I just say that as like, if you can't make that same claim that you're paying more now for coaching than you were paying five years ago, then maybe you're not growing as a leader. You know, like I hope your coach is leveling up just as much as you want to level up and you should be watching your coach level up in front of you. And if your coach isn't leveling up, you got the wrong coach. 
For sure. Because you're not just growing a business. Like if you're, if you're, if you're just focused on your business, and that's all you're focusing on growing. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get very far. You're going to hit a point when you're stale and you're, you're stagnant or you're backsliding even because if you're not growing yourself as a person, because when you bring in a people, like people are coming to work for you to ha- again, have their livelihood. And if you're not growing yourself as a person, how are you going to grow them? And so I love, that's one of my favorite points that we make is like, it's not just about your business. It's about you growing yourself. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to, when you have your leadership team, now we've talked about hiring them and how to bring the people in. When you have them, how to equip them to be, to actually take over tasks and be a help to you. So we'll be right back. Are you ready to increase your retention and revenue and convert website traffic to clients? Then you're ready for Maya. Maya creates better business relationships by pairing the right clients with the right beauty professionals. Use promo code HPSA for your first two months free. Visit joinmaya.com to get started. We're Forest, born on the salon floor and built for and by hair and beauty professionals like you. Forest is your marketing, your reporting, your reputation management. You need one easy to use system that does it all. Forest, together we grow. Sustain Beauty Co. has two of the best tools to help you save water, time and a bunch of money. Join the clean water salon movement with Ecohead's water-saving shampoo nozzles and scrummy plant-based microfiber towels. Available at sustainbeauty.co. Are you tired of not knowing what your hair color is costing you? With Salon Scale, we take the guesswork out for you so you can cover your back bar expenses, reduce your color waste, and generate more profit in your salon. Click the link in the description to get 10% off your first year. Welcome back to the Profitable Salon Podcast. We have been hang- talking about building your tribe, finding your tribe. Actually, we've been talking about finding your tribe. Now we're going to talk about how to build your leadership mm. team and how to just get into it. Like you have the people, you're like, okay, this is where, where you have the people in there. How do you, as a leader, the owner of your salon, how do you then lead other people to take over or not necessarily take over, but to support and just be an actual leadership team. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, so there's two terms I want to give you. Uh, one's called, you probably heard, but like delegate. Talk about delegating, like people are like, let me unload my task to another person. But most people confuse the word delegating with another word that they don't know called abdicate. Abdicate. Um, I don't even know that Yeah, word. abdicate. It's a fancy word. Uh, so that, that's my Jeopardy $5 word or whatever it is. But like, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if there's some, some, I don't know, game that I can t- play on my app that gives me points. But um, my, my $5 word that I'm using today is, uh, is abdicate. And abdicate means to relinquish or give over a throne. Like if I was the king of a kingdom and I'm like, Kayla, I'm in charge of the kingdom, but like mm-hmm. I'm leaving and I just give you the crown. You're like, great. I'm the queen of the kingdom and I'm in charge. Nice. What that means is, uh-huh. I took my crown off. I gave it to you. You're now in charge of everything. Most business owners handle delegation like that. Hmm. I was in charge of front desk training and sales desk training. Now, congratulations, Kayla. You're in charge. I'm out. Right? Like, and they duck out. So what ends up happening with that is they go, well, hey, um, if I give you the job, Kayla, my assumption as the owner is that you're going to do it the exact same way I would do with limited training on what I thought. And I'm going to make a lot of assumptions that you know everything that I know because we've worked together long enough. And that you can read my mind and that when you train people, it's exactly the same as when I train people. That's me abdicating the responsibility and leadership to you. And I think it's delegating. Mm -hmm. Delegation means that I give you a task, watch how you handle it, give you feedback about it, And make sure that I do two things. Number one, I tell you what I would do. 
and, and help you and assist you with that, but not tell you all of the steps of how I would do it, but I tell you why I do the things that I do. And then I allow you to make it your own as long as you get the same outcome. See, this is really tricky. And this is where most people screw up in the delegation abdication play. Is that what most people do is they want to write up the system to prevent you from failing. And they're like, let me give you the 25 step checklist that prevents you from ever making a mistake. And then Kayla's like, I don't want to do this. I'm not, I'm not Jason. I don't do these 25 things. That's not how I do it. Like, you know, and again, you took over the podcast for me, right? Like, in, in a great way, took over. That sounds very like um, like you raided the the castle and took <laughs> it over. But like like you like we I passed the podcast over to you and you run it differently than I do. But it's great and it's growing. And I was like, I, Kayla, you and I you and I talk about this all the time. Always prove me wrong with numbers. If the podcast is growing, I will high five you all day long. I gave you some frameworks. Yeah. You run it a little bit differently. That's cool. People love the podcast. And hopefully if you're listening, you say you love the podcast, shout at your radio, wherever you're listening, that you love the podcast <laughs> or type in the thing, say, I, I love Kayla on the podcast, whatever it is. Because what, what's interesting is, as I've given over the podcast, you now are having more interviews with other clients and you're bringing other people and some of our sponsors and all this other stuff. Like you're able to do even more than I was ever able to do because I didn't give you a rigid, strict format that said, only do this, Kayla, don't go outside these bumpers, right? Yep. So as you're growing and developing other leaders, you want to delegate, not abdicate, right? You want to give them some boundaries, allow them to be themselves and get to the same outcome that you want. Like I said, prove me wrong with numbers. If you can get the results, like let's say somebody else is taking over for the front desk and all of a sudden the front desk or the sales desk is now pre-booking at higher numbers than they were when you were training them. That's a, a good indicator or a positive indicator that they're doing something really, really well. And, and what you want to be careful of is not just systematizing and saying, okay, that's the new process. Now let's like write all that down and just make sure it's there. It's like, no, no, no. We want to empower people to be themselves, but get to the same outcome that we're looking for. So if you're clear on your outcomes, you can help guide other people to the way in which they would do it. Now, there's some interesting things on that. You don't want to just give people freedom right out the gate and be like, hey, Kayla, you're in charge. Do it the way you want. Remember, there's a subtle difference there. That'd be back to abdicating as if I'm like, hey, Kayla... The outcome is get people to listen to the podcast, have a nice life. That's too much freedom. So I need to give you frameworks and freedom to build within those frameworks to make it your own, right? So whether you're training a front desk or training a manager or training anybody, is you give the manager the priorities. Hey, I want to make sure that our, our retail to sales numbers go from 20% to 25% uh, or 30% or 40%, whatever that is. I want to see our pre-book numbers getting to 80 and 90% pre-book across the board for the entire salon. I want people to tell me that their one-on-one -on -one meetings are extraordinary and they feel like they're getting help. And I want to see our retention of staff going this way. And I want to see our number of appointments that we have inside the salon getting this number. If you're driving all those numbers, I know you're doing the right thing. And then you have weekly check-ins with that manager to say, okay, let's look at those numbers. Are you, and, and by the way, in our, in our system, uh, we have a red, yellow, green light system for a lot of our numbers that exist for management is green boundary means that you are um, on track and doing what you should be doing. Yellow means something slipped and red means there's a problem. And when our, when our leadership team turns in their numbers every week, it's like red, yellow, green. That leadership team should say, hey, all my numbers are green. I'm smashing it. And it's, it's going really, really well. If they're like, hey, I'm doing okay, but there's a couple areas that are yellow, it comes with an explanation. Like it's yellow, but here's what I'm going to do to get it back to green. And if it's red, that probably means they're going to have a meeting with somebody. They're going to have a meeting and say, 
hey, um, I'm having a huge problem here. and I need some help. Please jump in. And that's when the director or the leader or whomever needs to jump in and get that accomplished. It's a very different methodology. Like notice how much like if I relinquish the throne and just left the kingdom and going back to that example, there'd be no red, yellow, green light system. It's just like, hey, Kayla, why are you screwing this up when I come back? Hey, the, the yeah. kingdom has a problem. I, I don't know why that was my analogy today, but like, you know, it's a problem and you screwed it all up. What's your fault? And like, that's what everybody's afraid of. They're afraid of getting yelled at by the owner for doing a bad job when they've been given very little explanation. So I'm going to throw out this challenge question to you. If you have a leader on your team that's failing, my question would be, how much continual training are you giving them about develop the, developing them as a leader? Training does not count as telling them what to do. If you're training them on telling them what to do, I already know why you're failing. You should be telling, you should be training them on how to be a better leader and why they're doing what they're doing. You do not need to tell people what to do and how to do it. If you're telling them what to do and how to do it, that's your failure. I love that. I love that. Cause I mean, going back to what we said before, like if you're wanting to create a cultivate a place where people want to stay long-term. Like, yeah, I'm building a leadership team. They're going to stay long-term. That plays into like people want to be able to own their job. Like my favorite part about it is like I get to own my position. Mm -hmm. And so I've given a like, I am a leader here. And so like I get to, I get to make this job my own and do it my way and feel like I'm a part of something mm -hmm. because I have a say and I have like, I, my creativity is like utilized and I can give my opinion and there's so much space for me to, to work too. But I am also very much guided in terms of like, there's areas that I don't know. Like I'm still learning. I'm still young yeah. in my work. You, my you work get feedback on learning. your work, right? I mean, again, all the you time. get feedback on your work all the time. But the goal is, is like it's feedback and development on developing you as a person, no matter what. Exactly. And and like, I, you know, Kayla, I always tell you this and say it on the show, but I want everybody to hear kind of our relationship and how it plays out, hopefully for your relationship with your staff is like, I want to continue to grow and develop you no matter what you do. And if I can help you do that, then we're doing a great job. It's like when I can detach myself and be like, oh, I hope I have a stranglehold on Kayla so she stays forever. Okay, that's one way to lead. Or I can just be like, Kayla, I want to make you a better person no matter what you do. And like that'll come through in how I lead you as a manager. I think so many salon owners are like, I only want to help you and train you to be a better manager here. And that sounds crazy, but I think the less you worry about like if they're going to stay with you forever and the more you just worry about are they a better person, like people stay with you because they believe that you truly have their best interest at heart instead of your own interest that happens to fit their agenda. It's like I truly want everybody on my team to know I want them to grow as people and I'll do whatever it takes to help them grow. And if I do that, I'm going to grow leaders as opposed to just saying, let me teach you more of the skills required to do your job. And that's when people like even with um, teaching people how to do a, um, a consultation is that if I show you like in, in a salon how to do a consultation so you could do better, better consultations here. That's a different intention than me saying, let me show you how to do a better consultation. for the So for the rest of your life. Whenever you sit with a guest, they will be blown away by how you interact with them, no matter what you're doing. People are like, oh, okay. what do you mean? You don't care if I'm here or not? I'm like, of course I care if you're here. I want you to be here. But like, I just want to make sure you give the best experience you could ever give to a guest. And people are like, what? Why, why do you care about my life and what I do for the rest of my salon career? I'm like, because my job is to grow you as a stylist, no matter what that is, or to grow you as an esthetician or grow you as a nail tech or grow you as whatever, right? Or grow you as a, groom you as a front desk person or groom you as a leader or groom you as a manager, or groom you as my accounting person or whatever that is, my social media person. Is it, let me show you how to be better at it. And if you don't know, get outside support and help to help them, to help you groom that person. Because if you have a deficit in that area, find another way to get them training.
For sure. I think even that different perspective of like not just running a business, but also like you're in the business of of serving people and helping grow people because you don't have a business without people. Like if you, right. yeah, you don't have course. people in your company, you don't have a business. And so getting into that mindset, it'll change even the atmosphere of your business. If you're like, oh, I am here to also serve the people who work for me, not just grow my business to make more money. It's a big difference. So this is going to be weird, but I, I need to drop this out at the end of the podcast here. Nice. At the beginning, the customer's are your customers. When you become a leader, your team is now your customers. Okay. So what that means is you now rely on your team to deliver to your customers, but now you need to deliver to your other customers, which are your team. Like my leadership team are my clients at this point. I need to make sure that they're doing things. And it's weird because they're clients that also deliver. Like it's, it's a weird concept. I hope you can wrap your brain around this. Um, but the idea is, is that I want to take care of my leadership team so they can be the best possible version of themselves. And I think this is where a lot of salon owners fail is they never make the transition from their customers being the guests in the salon to their clients and customers being their staff. And, and by the way, your staff pays you with their time. And I know it seems weird because you pay them, but they pay you with their time. And so you know, while, while you don't necessarily directly work for them, that's just the concept I want you to wrap your brain around is that your job is to equip them with everything they need. No different than the guest that was there. That guest comes in and says, hey, my hair's messed up. How do you fix it? And you're like, I got the fix for you. Now your staff is going like, hey, my staff is messed up. How do I fix it? And you're like, I got the right solution for you. Let me help you with that. Let me show, <laughs> let me show you how to do your own hair. Let me show you how to do your own one-on-one -on -one meetings. And like your job is to tool and equip them to be incredible. And then the same thing with managers to tool and equip them to be incredible. And like once you do that, and again, think of it like in the same analogy of like teaching them to do their hair at home as a stylist is no different than you teaching your leaders how to go and actually train their staff in your absence, right? That's what you're doing. And you get to make that upgrade to go from the clients and customers of the salon being your, your primary focus to now your leadership team being your focus. And even, by the way, even if you have multiple locations, let's move out and say you've got 10 locations or 100 locations or whatever it is for you as a salon. Now, those 10 general managers are your clients and customers that you're keeping happy and helping them and training them and all those other things. So yeah. just, just know you got to make those up. You get to make those upgrades in order to succeed as a business owner by developing leaders. That was a very good point to make in the end here. Yeah. Um, think that was, if you found this helpful at any capacity, comment helpful. If you're listening in your car, just yell at the radio. If they made the it this far in the podcast, <laughs> they were like, this is some good stuff. I have no doubt yeah. in my mind. And, unless you just forgot about us and left us running in the background, which if you're making breakfast, nice. make me some too. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Bring it over. We will have some, um, but you also can reach out to us anywhere. Just search us anywhere. We're all over the place. And um, I hope that you found a lot of value out of this and you're inspired to, if you have a leadership team already to cultivate them and show up for them better, or if you don't have one to put yourself in a place where you can get one, because that's the next step in growing your company is finding people who can, like Jason said, take over for you or to be able to hold down the fort in your absence. I mean, imagine more vacations, imagine growing, opening more salons because you have the space to do that rather than trying to do it all on your own. You cannot do it all on your own and expect to grow. Yeah. So and guys, you enjoy this podcast. Yeah. If you, by the way, if you're not part of our Profitable Salon Owner Facebook group, join the Facebook group. That's a great place to go get uh, knowledge and resources and extend this conversation. Come party with us. So go to Facebook, search Profitable Salon Owner Facebook group uh, for commission salon owners, and we'll, we'll love to have you there. So thank you guys so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. See you next time on the Profitable Salon Owner Podcast. You've been listening to the Profitable Salon Owner Podcast. 
Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a review, and check us out at ProfitableSalon.com for more episodes, content, and to help you turn your salon into the business you've always dreamt of.